Happy 33 year. If you're a really good comedian, you have to die this year. You know that, right? 33 is you? Yeah. Belushi. Farley. 1985, I arrived. 33 years, damn, I'm grateful I survived. We wasn't supposed to get past 25. Joke's on you, motherfucker. We are alive. Alive. Jokes on you, motherfucker. We are live. Yes, sir. That was J. Cole. I think we're live. We're live. What up? What up? What up? What up? What's going on, man? Man, chilling. Just got done with the mic. Uh, well, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, for sure. Thanks for having. Here with Andre Ricks. Yes, sir. Uh, is that a stage name or is that your actual name? No, that's it. Andre Rashad Ricks. It's my government. You, your government. <laughs> Is there a difference between a government and a governor name? That's governor name is not a thing. Is that not a thing? No, I think the governor name has to be your government name. Okay. Otherwise. Because what if it was just like, I'm governor? Yeah. You'd be you know? I don't think you're getting elected. For yeah. Anything, for sure. Yo, Lil Arnie. Lil Arnie Schwartz. Hurting, you're hurting your campaign chances with every <laughs> new idea. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, man, so... Uh, you were hosting tonight, Buzz Mill Comedy here in Austin. What? What? And that's uh, every Tuesday, Mike. Tuesday on Riverside, Wednesday at the new location on Shady Lane. Oh, really? I did not know that uh, that yeah. they had another location, new location. Yeah, we got two now. Well, so they got two now. That dude's a genius, I think. Is the, but there's also a Wednesday show at the bu- the Riverside location. Riverside still. is Buzzkill still on Wednesday. On Wednesdays. And then the Which is the like showcase. a fucking lit ass show right that's been like that for years now. every time i've been there since i've been here um it's like fucking pa- like just packed out i think they got like a six seven year run for that show wow you know I, i've said this probably before on this podcast but one thing i like about austin that i've realized here is that you can like people build shows here that are like good shows and they're all over the city and they're like yeah. th- a lot of them have been going on for a long time like uh sure thing sure thing you yeah. know i just went over to uh i was with kabaza uh shout out who will be who was on the last podcast what by the time this is released what's up um, Josh? we don't even know each other but what's up <laughs> <laughs> uh he we went to uh, eh, it was in like a chortle portal chortle portal chortle portal and a uh, clarkson and a good one i think uh, okay yeah mm-hmm. and it was like dude it's this like you know ratted out basement and like a old what looks to be in like an old dorm at from ut think, uh or it may still be or maybe in a hostel now i don't i don't know what it is yeah people are definitely staying there still I think. yeah i think it's a hostel i think i'm not sure but it's like campus basically yeah and it's and it was fucking packed out too dude it was like a bunch of like uh the ut kids i guess they're like and you know it's right there and yeah true. and that's what i like about awesome man is the dna of this city is kind of geared towards supporting this you know the the local Sh- artists and shameless plug right now. Uh, me and Martin Hinn started a show at Irene's on Fifth Street. All right, right First on. Show we didn't, we didn't think forty people would show up. Standing room only. We probably had uh, I'm gonna say seventy to a hundred people there. Nice. So uh, we well, got I am available. Yeah. If uh, if For you sure. need talent, <laughs> another shameless plug. <laughs> hey, you know, man. So uh, now it's it, it's definitely better. When somebody asks you <laughs> if they, you want to do sure. their show, you don't want to have to ask people to do their show. But at other times, it's like you I need to be more proactive about it because I haven't been as much. And I, when I first started, there was a I feel like there's two schools of thought about this. It's like uh, you can either wait for them to ask you or you can ask. And I was thinking, why not do both? Because when you go yep. out of town, you asking everybody, so you know, why not do it in your city, too. Yep. Yep. Uh, absolutely, man. I think yeah. that. Those people already know you. So it's like, mm. if you got talent and they already know you, it's like, oh, yeah, we just weren't thinking about you because we had other things happening. But it's like, why wouldn't you put me on your Well, show? another thing you can do is trade spots. So other comedians around town that have, if you get a good show going, other comedians around town that run other good shows, oh, yeah. you know, you book each other on your shows, you know, and it becomes one big good show circle jerk. There's a lot of that, <laughs> which doesn't uh, always lend to the quality of the show. No, no, no. Yeah. Have you worked at... Uh, at like Cap City, like on any shows, like even like showcases, punch uh, or anything like that before? I got paid to, at Cap to uh, do like a feature thing for Doug Mellert. Okay. But, but I, I think it was like a showcase. Marjorie was like showcasing us for like new host. 
So mm-hmm. it was a bunch of us uh, <coughs> got paid to do like he had like three features for two nights or three nights in a row or something like that. So yeah. I, I was one of those nine people that got chosen. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, I um, I've never gotten a paid spot at Cap City in ten years, and I my first open mic there was ten years ago. <laughs> like really? I, the first open mic I did was like summer, not quite ten, coming up on ten, summer of twenty ten. Yeah, was my first open mic in at Cap City. I remember I was so fucking nervous. I actually had a good set too, like that first one I ever did there. Really? Like, yeah, I still have the tape of it. It's. Uh, I kind of wish I didn't. Back uh, from there. I felt like it was too early. I felt <laughs> like there was more hype on my name than talent I had in the bank when I had got asked to do that. The the she punishment for being a cool black guy. I mean, you know, you got that that swag. At least you I do. know it's there. I mean, I'm not. I'm not even saying that facetiously. I mean, I. But like you, you got that kind of like coolness, and I think. That's that alone. The fact that you'll acknowledge that you weren't there where you thought you should be there. Yeah, that says mm-hmm. something about who you are and what you do. You know, because some guys are like getting spots, and I've seen this happen. I've seen people, and I'm not going to name any names, but you know, let's let's just say women that are attractive that get booked a lot. That you sure. see that, and you're like, you, at first maybe they realize like maybe that's part of it, and they acknowledge it, and and everybody should because it's just reality and if you don't want to believe that you're a fool but i mean i mean attract and this isn't just women this is attractive people get more opportunities uh in the war in the world period so but yeah but then they get on that and then they start getting booked and then but then they make the mistake of thinking that they're they're getting booked off their talent and it's like you're getting booked off your talent but only to the degree that your talent serves the functionality that your hotness needs to be able to make it a a product that's you know of the standard we need so i feel like in like clubs too you know you've got willing crowds are showing up for a comedy show they want to laugh yeah. it's fish in a barrel a lot of most of the time i would say most of the time it's fish in a barrel you talking about the audience yeah Make i mean laugh. if it's a good turnout yeah i don't ever want to like lie to myself let alone other people i don't want to lie to myself and i just want to be a you know a good judge of like hey i, I got the talent yeah, I can see like other people's talent. I can say, "Oh, I'm not as good as that person," or right. "I'm definitely better than that person." I just want to always be in a good, uh, have a good mind frame, a good point of view on it, so I don't trick myself into, yeah, you know, a situation I'm not ready for. But they asked me to do it, and I was like, "I'm not gonna, turn, I'm not gonna say no." Sure, no, I wouldn't either. You know, I wouldn't either. But I mean, I do think it is because of that. I haven't talked to Margie since, and uh, I don't think it was well, and that's lent to me getting work there the that's true man there is that side of the coin it's a risk you're taking you know but every year at least you know there's one redemption you have once a year which is fpia if you do well in fpia and get noticed and people put some respect on it that's true you're gonna the cream will rise to the top like in like i see george anthony who also has been a guest on this podcast shout out george um love that dude and he's killing it around town lately, man. Like he's been working a lot at Cap, dude. A lot at Cap. As I mean, he featuring and yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, you know, I started with him and Raul and Cabaza. You know, the four of us started back in San Antonio back in 2010. Yeah, yeah. And uh, shout out to Raul. I mean, so, like three times he doesn't remember any one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're part of the the crew, bro. So man. you're part of the sarcasm orgasm crew here Appreciate with, that. with my myself, Cody. Uh, so. Maybe before I got into anything else with you, man, because I don't really know your background. You're from Colorado, and and when did you start comedy? Also, is another one I wanted to ask. So you. I was I was born in Aurora, Colorado, but I grew up in Texas, man. Texas is really all I know. Yeah, um, yeah. We moved to Texas when I was maybe eight months old. So, so you you just wearing that Broncos beanie? I'm a Broncos, for no, I'm a Broncos fan. Just though. because you're being a homer I right mean, now? Yeah, it's you fine. Know what I'm saying that like. <laughs> The the orange the blue and orange is real. That's that's a real vibe I have. You know, uh, I can't fuck with the Cowboys. I you know I can't say anything negative about the Broncos. Who I can I can't say anything positive about them either. But I can't. I mean, I can give what, you some things if you want to start. I, I mean, they got, got three championships. They got Elway's front office now. Yeah, arguably one of oh, that's the right. best quarterbacks. That's right. Arguably. Peyton. I forgot about Peyton. Peyton, Peyton coming through in the clutch, going up there in that thin air so that ball right. can go further. Lost one, he one, looked pretty, one. By the end of that, though, he looked pretty. Yeah, he, it was pretty sad, man. He looked bad the whole way through. Our yeah, but he, he was, like, limping that whole season, that last season. And then you're like, <clears throat> it's just that, like, you're seeing this guy that used to be this, like, just monster for the in the NFL for so long. And you're like, man, everybody's mortal. 
Talk about having a good We're point of view on die. things. Uh, I think they gave us that championship, hmm? actually. I, I think they gave us that championship. Most Broncos fans don't want to hear that. They want to feel like we actually earned it, but I think it was Peyton's. It was the 50th Super Bowl, Peyton's last game. Bro, I, I, th- don't, I, I don't care what you say, man. I'm not going to agree with that because Von Miller went full dad dick uh, on their on Cam Newton, dude. Arguably one of the best defense of all time, for That's sure. That's the MVP? For sure. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure Von Miller was the MVP of that of that Super Bowl. Yeah, he had like right. two strip sacks, didn't he? Or at least one, I know for sure. Yeah. And he was just murdering Newton all night. Like, Newton was so – he was – it was like you saw two beasts coming in like together in a battle and like one or the other. It's like two heavyweights because, you know, Cam Newton is a fucking big-ass motherfucker uh, sure. and Von Miller as well. So, but you got to believe in the rig at some point, right? Yeah, it's funny too because Von Miller went to AM and Cam Newton went to Blinn before he went to Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. But you got to believe in the rig, right? The what? The rig. What do you mean, the rig? The rig. All professional sports. Oh. Uh, to some degree are coaxed. I mean, for the money. I will say that I think that to a certain degree you can slight the tables in one or the other team's favor in the NBA, especially in the NBA, especially NBA I don't think it's proven. as easy in the NFL, but it's definitely pretty easy in the NBA. You just fucking, Look you just that. let call a foul, a ticky tack foul and every it's James Harden. Dude. I saw a thing about him where he, they were showing how many free throws average, like superstars in the league take per game. And all of the superstars were in a, I don't even remember how many it was, but it was all, they were all kind of in a vicinity of each other on this graph. And, and then Harden. it was like Harden just vastly <laughs> above everyone else. Yeah. It's like, dude, the NBA How is proven. that not so obviously superstar treatment for him? You can look at the way LeBron travels. I'll say this, man, and this is going to be controversial maybe for you. I don't know. I don't know if this is even controversial at all. or I don't know. Say that shit. But LeBron just doesn't have that killer gene, that Jordan gene. Kawhi has it. He doesn't need it. Well, I mean, he's going to. He's going to go down as I one agree. of the greatest ever. I agree with you. But nobody's ever going to think he was better than Jordan. I sure as fuck don't. I agree with you, but he didn't need it. So why, and why should and he have to develop it? The resume it? is complete enough at this point in his career. I mean, he could, he's already passed. Has he passed Jordan in points yet? No, maybe not. Uh, he passed. He just passed Kobe. He just passed Kobe. So now his next next up is Jordan then, right? I can't remember. I think it's next up is Jordan. Then after that, it's just uh, it's like Wilt, probably. Uh, Kareem. Kareem. No, I think he already passed Wilt. Oh, I did. think Wilt is actually behind Kobe. Okay. Um, I don't know. I could look it up, but yeah. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> he doesn't need that gene, though. But yeah, I just like that's that's I, just something I've never seen in him. I the way the Spurs in 2007 and 2014, the only good series he ever gave the Spurs was uh, 2013, and that's because uh, Ray Allen saved them in that series. He stepped on the line too. Dude, fuck, man. That was like the worst loss ever for me as a Spurs fan. Not even close second. It's not even a close second yeah. on that one. It's like the point four game was shitty. It sucked in 04. Really? Derek Fisher, when he hit that shot, Timmy hit Buckets. a miracle shot. And then there was like, I mean, like it was just like out of his ass falling down over the, uh, like the uh, top of the key. You remember that? I remember. And then Derek Fisher. So that sucked humongous dick too, obviously. But the difference was that was the semis, I think, of that year. And we're talking about in against the Heat, or the Ray Allen. That was the finals. That was the clinching game of the finals for them. If the Spurs had won that game, they would have won. That won was the, the they were winning the title. That was the title. And then they lost seven because, of course, they did. How's the team going to recover from that shit? Yeah, no way. Especially on the road. Unfortunate, but the rig hey, is man. the rig is real. I'm not I'm not bitter about it or anything. No, that's that's cool. I could tell. <laughs> there was a video. So we comedy, could how, long, how long have you been <laughs> doing comedy, man? Oh wait, let me finish that. Oh, sorry. I grew sorry, up. Sorry. I grew up in Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, okay. that's now what that tech, that's, that's what I call home. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then yeah, I moved out to Austin in '06, and then uh, I started comedy. Uh, let's see, last August, made two years. Okay. So, so two like two plus two and a half years now is that or lat? Uh, yeah, so September, October, November, December, January, February. So that's like two and a half. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, see, I think that's like a big, a long enough time that, <clears throat> I mean, for me, that's how long it took me to get my first host week at a club. At a club. Mm-hmm. I think it took Pabaza some, probably a similar timeline. Um, George, maybe a little bit sooner than the two of us. Pabaza and I were like behind him and uh, Raul was far ahead of all of us like by 
Raul got his first host week, I think, at like six months in. Really? Yeah, he was fucking... Yeah, it was so obvious from the beginning that he was going to be fucking... Like, just what he is now. Yeah. A uh, fucking goddamn beast. So, yeah. Um, and I'm probably... I'm not probably... I'm definitely the least successful of the four of us. And it's not uh, something that's like... It's kind of the point now where I'm like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even care. But, like, I, I know I can... Like... That was I was gonna say uh, with uh, a spot that I did at Cap City, and I'm sorry to interrupt you with you telling your story, but no. to talk about my to talk about me, but uh, that's why you started this podcast, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah, that, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's you. You know, I forgot that list of questions you gave <laughs> me to ask you, but uh. um, I was I was with uh, and I went over to Cap City. This was like two years ago now. This was two years ago. Um, this past like Jan- last month, January. This was January 2018. Uh, Raul was headlining, and uh, <clears throat> so I went through it. I'm like, hey, bro, Brogan, you may guess it, man. He's like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, man, I got you. So, of course, I look at Raul a little differently than probably pretty much everyone else that is around or knows Raul or whatever. In that, he's my friend, and like, I I go in with, I I, I went into that night with this mentality on. The show where uh, I was like the host went up and did ten minutes up front uh, before I did my guest spot, and he ate a dick. Didn't get anything like nothing. I think I was at this show. Were you? Who was the host? You may have been. I don't remember. It was a white guy, skinny white kid, young, uh, probably early twenties, maybe. I don't know. He didn't get any laughs. But I went up after him and I did a guest spot and I started. I think. Because that was, this was two years ago, so this was when there was like some North Korea shit going on with Trump. Yeah. At that time, and so I, when I went up, I was like originally going to do a little bit more like just kind of like what I would say consider to be non, you know, not not going to step on any toes material because sure. some of my material is obviously going to maybe step on some toes. It's just that's to me that's the name of the game for me. Yeah. You know, but uh, not not purposely, but in in light of or. A because bit. of how what I'm talking about, the nature of what I'm going to talk about, it's going to in, inevitably do it. But um, so I went up like I was like, oh, man. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just do my thing. And with Raul being there, I had this mentality of like, man, fuck you, bro. I'm going to fucking bring it like, you know, just that just from years of being friends that, you know, I'm like, motherfucker, you think you're funny? I'm fucking like I, I have that pride and I have that level of ego. But it's like. Not much anymore. Maybe probably was more. But now it's like I understand there it is there, and I keep it at bay as much as possible, as opposed to letting it run wild. So, yeah. But I still go up with that mentality of like, you know, I'm gonna fucking bring it. And like I said something like, like just first line. I think it was like, uh, what did it take us like like three days into the year before we were afraid of nuclear war? You know, some some stupid shit like that. And then I mean, they just they just opened up like it just got them like and so they once they cracked they were cracked and then i had them the whole set and it was like seven minute i think guest spot or something um bearden was there Be- uh, bearden was featuring that week okay um so i don't know if maybe you were there were there that night it was a night that bearden was featuring before Raul. so bearden saw my set and i had i like had a really good set and i just think i didn't hit um Strike while the iron was hot with that because I've hit him up since since I've lived here and it's like it's Nothing. futile. But I hang out with George a lot and so inevitably I'm around and you know I'm just kind of playing it like that with that because Punch is like the best show in Austin probably. Yeah, that was another dude told me he was gonna hit me up, never hit me up. We were just talking about Leo and uh, mm-hmm. radio and uh, I mean it's not a big deal, but I'm just I don't know. They just never hollered at me, so it's whatever. Yeah. But yeah, well, those, are, those are two really good shows. You know, sure. man, I think w- like all of us, we just kind of get caught up on that part of it. Like how much well, are we getting booked? And like, hey, true. We, it's, it's, it's rather, I should rephrase. It's easy to get caught up on that is what I really mean. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because it's a lot of times this is, you're, we're just wanting to get some up in front of some like good crowds as much as possible. And a lot of the time yeah. we know it's not going to happen, but as much as we can, we want to. So it's. You know, I was very naive when I started. When I wasn't thinking about shows so much. Like I wasn't uh like I didn't know what the best shows were. I didn't know what show I should be trying to get on. I didn't know who to talk to to get on the shows. I just wanted to get on stage. And so for me, when I started, it was just uh I need to get as much stage time as possible if I'm going to get good at this. And so my mentality was I don't want to do the shows. I want to host whoever's open mic. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going out of town, let me host your open mic. That was my mentality. So I told everybody at at some juncture. So I've hosted, I hosted Night Out, I've hosted Tramps. Uh, I haven't hosted Kick Butt, but uh, now I got Buzzmill. Yeah. And uh, that was my whole mentality. And that's yours. Buzzmill's yours, right? It's me and Mike Weeby. Yeah, okay. Oh, Weeby. Weeby's always traveling, but. uh, Yeah, Weeby. That was my mentality coming in, so I wasn't even thinking about shows. So when I started getting booked on shows, I was like, all right, cool, yeah, I'll do the show. But I need stage time. I just want the stage time. Like, I don't care yeah. about the fucking crowd. Dude, I was surprised. <laughs> like, I think the first time I had come over for a Tuesday over there was, like, maybe a month and a half ago or something. And, like, yeah. um, I had been over there on Wednesdays before. But then I don't think I even realized that there was a mic there until recently. And so when I went over um, and I saw it, I was like, man, like, even on a fucking Tuesday, this place is, oh, like, a good crowd. That's a good crowd in there. I mean, it's not, like, as good as it, on, as it is on Wednesdays, but... No, it's still a, fucking good. It's like yeah, even at what it is, it's still really good. For an open mic too, and and most for it to mostly not be comics in the audience. And that's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, this this is what these are the this is the people we're performing to. We're not performing. That's why it's <laughs> tonight I was joking about like having the comics laughing when the audience yeah. is kind of like chuckling, not laughing. But I was kind of working on some stuff and like, uh, dude, it's it's just fun. This is this is like, I think one of the things that happened to me, man, in the in the over the last few years maybe about around between year six to seven um that i was doing it like i kind of lost the love for it man and like i, I really? still did it just out of like obligation to it or something and like out of this like weird sick like feeling of just like i have i'm supposed to do it i, I need like it just some it's like uh what you know somebody that's like a minister would say this this is my calling to, to come be a minister for the lord it's yeah. like i feel that in a sense but of a call a calling of comedy you know like yeah like the calling of comedy so i did it for a while and i just kind of lost love and in a lot of like personal tragedy that happened over my life like over the last few years that it's been this really just fucking crazy roller coaster of a ride that i've been through and it's like you talk about I just that on stage i haven't got uh, i'm just getting to where i feel like i'm at the end of it like gonna be able to talk about it okay it's just starting to come into that place now because for a long time I was just dealing with trauma and dealing with depression and dealing like not leaving the apartment for, you know, days on end and yeah. you know, just kinda like just holding up and um and being sad and you know, I and then and feeling and then eventually you're like, Stop feeling fucking sorry for yourself. Like get up, get out, do it. And and then I started writing a lot over these last maybe six months. Um, and I've been writing, 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 writing. I haven't been getting up nearly as much as I've actually been writing. Yeah. And, but it's been good for me because it's been able to get me through some stuff. Like I've been that I'm not performing it, but it's helping me get through it with my putting it out kind of, yeah, kind of getting into digging into what, what it is that I'm trying to get to because, you know, authenticity is really the name of the game up there. And one of the things I would comment on, on uh, some of the things like that were right up before me tonight was that while competent and and the material wasn't was decent i i didn't feel that you could look at them and see they're not in a connection with their with their what they're doing they're not connecting to the audience yeah they're they're just disassociated from their own material in a way you know what i mean well i think what a lot of people get caught up doing is just trying to write jokes and write good jokes instead of see i know this is about some people they'll they'll just write jokes but they won't be uh uh, a lot of jokes on the same theme, right? So they'll switch topics is what I'm saying. They'll yeah. jump, they'll jump, boom, boom, boom. So they write one good joke for a topic and then they move to the next Yeah. Time, instead of like getting into the emotion or really getting into like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's like in the, in the, in the thing is, is that like in the writing process, man, we're all trying to say something like, have a unique voice. We're all trying to have a perspective that everyone else is like wow that person has and it's almost like a comedy iq in a way too like there's a certain iq of like your humor uh acumen and what and but also with it it has it mixes in with your appearance it mixes in with there's like this whole a lot to it you know what i mean like um i think this is what i like about george yeah is uh so he does like the storytelling thing almost and it's like well not almost that's what he does but it's like he gets into like the fucking the details of the same he's on like the through line is yeah it's consistent for each bit it's, and it's, it's like uh you can he's he's dancing around the line but he's still on the same topic you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. that's what a lot of us i think maybe just starting off it might be a thing too just trying to write jokes yeah and different topics but you don't get into the 
to the there's more meat. Yeah. Instead of people are just picking off the first sure the skin of the it's the first layer. You got to yeah. dig to the second, the third, the fourth layer. You got to get to the to bone get marrow. To that. You get to the you, bone marrow. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like that's what. I think yeah, however many layers you're going to have to go through to get to that. Yeah. Or if you're, but or if I'm thinking of it like an onion, there's no bone in an onion. But <laughs> I, I get what you mean. You know, you, you know, gotta, you gotta get it down, refine it down to its really, it's, it's uh, synthesize <laughs> it to its most simplistic, but, but like, but with, that, with the nuance of that well, digging of the layers. There. That's your personal take on it, and that's that's what I think the authenticity is really. And then, but that, but then within that, that perspective where the comedy IQ comes in thing is like the guys that are like the, just all times, like the, that perspective is so funny in it's nuance and, and other people can get into their nuance and find a lot of funny in there. But I feel like there's varying degrees. And I was thinking about this actually today. Um, Kevin Hart. I, I think Kevin Hart is a fantastic stand-up comedian. I think he's like a great stand-up comedian. When I listen to his stuff, in fact, I was thinking about it, his older stuff. It delved into like his father and stuff, and I and I really got into that a lot. And I haven't paid a lot of attention to him over maybe more recent years, but I've always felt like he, while he while he did get into his nuance, his nuance, it just that take didn't. I mean, it was funny, but it was like I I felt like he was selling it more in my eyes, whereas other people I'm sure can watch him, and and I know a ton of people that think Kevin Hart's great. So, you know, but to me. I look at Patrice and I see Patrice and I'm like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like this is fucking, yeah. this is, this is genius right here. I think the difference between those two is uh, Patrice is willing to offend and Kevin's more like. He's a politician. Very much so. You know, and that's, and that's probably honestly a big part of why I don't connect to him the way I connected to Patrice, you know, because or I still connect to Patrice, you know, but the when I talk about the perspective thing, it's like there's so much that I wish we could hear Patrice's voice. I want to know what Patrice has to say about me too. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. You know, I want to know, and I think that dude is what we're going for. We're not going for f- jokes. Come and go. They they're funny for a while. You connected. You lose them. You forget them. You know, it, it, sometimes they come back and they're and they're new or fresh and whatever and what. But. Like the jokes come and go. It's not the material. You're not your act. You are your perspective. Right. Right. So, that's what I feel like digging into is what we're all really. So where where when you approach any idea, you're already fine tuned on your perspective about how that what what that idea is. You know who I like is uh. This is uh, if this goes national, you won't even know. But look up Ariel Isaac Norman. Oh yeah, I know Ariel. Ariel, she yeah. I feel she's like every Austin time I see Ariel, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every time I see Ariel, she's talking about the same subject. And I feel like her perspective on this like sex, mm-hmm. uh uh gender, she's gotten so like she's thought about it so long and done the set so many times and she's got so many that she's one of the best, I feel like, that we got. Because Oh, I think she's great. Yeah, I think she's really funny. I saw her last time I saw her was at that that spot by six the I forget what it's called. It's like a little, really small little bar right off 6th and Sandjack, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, They do a mic there on Wednesdays, I think. But her take on it, her, her <clears throat> willingness to sit on that idea and like now it's, it's when she talks about it, it's her all talking about it and you feel yeah. it and you understand like, no, it takes time to get to that point yeah. to, of like so many takes on the same topic. And yeah, no, absolutely, man. That's I what I'm after. Is like, well, you're you're two and a half, man. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking. Long somebody game. said, I don't remember who this was. I think it was Godfrey. I'm trying to think back to this when this this happened. I, yeah, it was. It was Godfrey. You know Godfrey, yeah. comedian. Yeah. Fucking animal, dude. Oh yeah. Fucking animal. It was actually really a pretty cool experience, dude. Last time I saw him, he recognized me, and I was like. Uh, that that felt pretty good. Like whenever, because I went out to see him at his, uh, in Addison, and uh, I had hit him up before the show, asking if if he had room for a guest spot. And uh, he didn't get, ever get back to me, but I just went to the show anyway just to watch. And then afterwards, he came out. And he's like, "Bro, what's up, man?" I was like, "He's like, yeah, I, th- I saw your message, but it was like, I don't uh, I don't usually check whatever you know platform I sent him a message on. Just a yeah. million of them." So I don't remember even which one it was, but yeah. So, but he's, I, he was like, yeah, man, next time I'm in town, you know, like hit up the manager and like work out so I could open for him, uh, maybe feature even. So 
um, <laughs> there was something I was going here with this, and I fucking totally forgot where I was trying. Um, we're just talking about takes on just diving into the nuance of yeah, you're right, right. But um, see here, I am like we're at thirty yeah. minutes. Um, I'm gonna edit that probably here, and uh, I'm gonna stop for one sec because I oh, I okay. need to take a leak. So well, <laughs> for one sec, sorry. I'm like four, three, two, two one. one. Happy thirty-three year. Hey. If you're a really good comedian, you have to die this year. You know that, right? 33's of you? Yeah. Belushi. Farley. I think 30, that's it. I don't know. 33? <laughs> the the, the Belushi and Farley 33 club, they both died at 33. Like uh, John Belushi yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Chris Farley were both 33 when they died. Bill well, Hicks was 32 when he died. Belushi and... uh, Well, Farley wanted to be Belushi. Isn't that how it goes? Farley? Uh, you know, Farley... His, um, that was his idol. Yeah, exactly. He was. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that is this is this is honestly a little odd, dude. Because <laughs> yeah, I so wasn't, I wasn't gonna say nothing. So well, I now I have to say something. <laughs> I feel like this is a something nice for the listeners to <laughs> laugh about. I'm in the bathroom and uh, it's like I don't know why I asked you at that moment because I've been wondering. I was gonna ask you earlier and I didn't forgot. Just, just in case you thought I was lying, There's people hit me up already. Oh, nice. Look at you, dog. Yeah, well, happy birthday, Andre Ricks. This is the happy birthday, Andre Ricks episode here on Sarcasm Orgasm. Can we name it that? Yeah, we can name it that. I'll call it that. Sweet. I mean, so, but anyway, I'm asking you your, <laughs> how old you are. And you're like, I'm, I'll be 33 in a minute. And I'm like, dude, that's real funny. And I'm like, one minute. Uh, you're like, no, seriously, one minute. I'm like, fucking it. And then I'm like taking a leak and I had to like end it quickly so that I could come back out here and uh, we could count it down. Get those last couple seconds. Yeah, we made it. We New Year's style. Listeners. Yeah. 33. Well, technically, though, if you really want to get technical, do you know what time you were born? Uh, no, I do. No? Okay. no I, do. I was born at 5.31 a.m., so I know, like, whenever I hit midnight of the my birthday, yeah. technically I'm not actually that age until 5.31 a.m. True, true. Yeah, I have no If you're idea. being down to the minute technical, no. which... But you know, time changes over the years. You know, time gets longer and shorter or whatever. <clears throat> it gets shorter. It's it's not that it gets shorter. It's that you're... you're your catalog of it gets like more vast so each individual year seems smaller in the grand scheme of all of them what do you mean so like if you're 10 and you're t or if, let's say you're nine and you're turning 10 then that's a tenth of your life like that you know you're it's just the fact that um are we yeah. talking about time i'm talking about time like the num like the amount of time i thought it gets like a, a half a second Longer, like every year or something. Oh well, no, you're talking about leap year. No. What are you talking about? I thought time actually changes. Time is an arbitrary concept. It's just something we all agree on. It's not. But it I doesn't change. I mean, it's. I don't know what you're referring. I mean, I don't know what you're referring to. I don't think I know either. Actually. Yeah, I'm like, I'm. You think I? You're kind of tripping me out because I got a little stoned <laughs> before. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about right now, bro? I'm gonna look it up. I'll get back to. We're in the Matrix, man. I'll get back to you on this. But I thought Shit. like every year was like a half a second longer or something or I'm gonna shorter. I'm going to let you talk a little bit so I can get a beer real quick. Yeah, you're, go for you're, it. You're holding the mic or the, the reins here. I'm sarcastic. Well, I'll just uh, tell you how I turned 33 today. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be good, I guess. Anyway. That's all good. We'll say that um, this is a good time to be a guy at 33. Like, I feel like men, this is our kind of our prime. Are you 33? Uh, well, I'm 34 now. Oh, okay. I turned 34 last July, so I'm already like 34 and a half fucking A. Um, yeah, so, but like 30s for guys, it's a good, I feel like because you're kind of like you got some perspective. You got, you know, you got a little bit more seasoning and you're, but you're not old. You know, you're still relatively like you know athlete pro athletes still play into their 30s and you know like yeah. physically you're still in a one of your you know pretty much top shape as you could probably be and so yeah man uh it's a good time because you got the mix of still being young enough to be like attractive across like from like 20s to 40s something so your range true, not that true. in your case because you're in a relationship but in a hypothetical world where you were single like i am <laughs> yeah yeah so i feel good it's a I good mean, time man you're good you got a 33 33 i feel cheers. good thank cheers you. man thank you brother uh,
Oh yeah. You have nothing to cheers here. Um, um, What do you, as far as your, your kind of like what what your message, if I could say, message. What when you think about your (laughs) when you think about your comedy, do you have some sort of idea of like something like a a story that you're trying to tell an arc of something like like trying to create something what do you what is it are you just telling whatever you can think of that's funny and that's it doesn't have to have any sort of real meaning to it what what, how do you approach it yeah i think right now i'm just trying to tell jokes um but you think of a lot of things right so i think of you think of a lot of things that you don't necessarily do material about what makes it what makes the cut um Maybe just the ridiculousness of it, what I find ridiculous. Because if I think about all my jokes, it's just like, just ridiculous. If I think it's ridiculous, I'll talk about it. Like, you know, and everybody's got a a bar for ridiculousness. Or I'm not, I've I've learned I'm not very creative, like like making shit up, you know what I mean? Because I played outside and shit with Mm -hmm. friends. I had friends. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so you know what I mean? I just sit in the room by myself. But um if I see if I look out into the world and I see something crazy or I feel like it's out of the like would throw you off, like I'll try to talk about that kind of thing. Like that's what I think about. Look at what I wrote here. This was yesterday. What do you got? I want to be creative. Problem is maybe I'm not. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, there's people that can think up Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? Or think up fucking Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Well, back to the underlying theme of the whole thing with the nuance thing. That's, I think creativity is effort. Like, you have to, you can't take the easiest route. You can't, you gotta, it, t- it takes work, it takes time, it takes honest self-analysis if you're not honest with yourself about your shortcomings you will never fucking get anywhere with what you're doing yeah you have to be able to look at yourself and say i could do this better i could do that better and it's inherently this crazy thing because we're doing stand-up in a lot of ways to feed that need for attention we all feel you know like there's something in there that's part of this is a look at me you know and so it's it's like a, a most normal people don't do stand-up it's it's not easy to do and it's so if you're going into it, like you've got to be, uh, I, I think just the, the nuance and the authenticity and then the honest self-assessment will all lead you to down a path of getting where you can get a more real, true, unique perspective on something that's examined, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I was just thinking about the part of uh, the wanting the attention part. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people want that attention. I really have never like felt that desire so much. Uh, like well, I, I, it must be there, but I don't feel it. Like I don't. I can you go know and not this get a is, lot of attention. So, so you know, this is all masturbation, right? Like all this is masturbation. We're just feeding that. You know that, right? Like this. Uh, see, because this is a funny thing. I asked you if you have a message, and you said no, not really. And then you're like, I'm not doing it for attention. What the fuck are you doing it for then? Well, to me, it just feels right as a career. Like, I've always made people laugh. I get to pick my own schedule. I can wear what I want. Like, it's more practical for me. Right. It but feels. it's, it's, but inherently is not even, it's not a practical pursuit. This is not a practical. I was actually talking with Kabaz on the last podcast about this whole, like, you can't, stand up can't be your only revenue stream. You need multiple revenue streams. Like, you have to have a lot of different revenue streams. But why can't it? Huh? Why can't it? Why can't you what? Why can't why can't doing comedy and like hosting shows and and performing mm-hmm. on shows be your only revenue stream? I'm not saying it can't be. I'm saying that if you are not in the top five percent in the game, that that's not going to give you any sort of life that would meet. I I feel like, and this is just my experience of how much money you make doing comedy. It's what? it well, doesn't you're, you're even that on stand even yeah. guys that I consider guys that are like you're not going to make money for 10 years uh, dude you're not going to like make real money for 10 years that's that's you, just it that's i think you it. have to define real money though because I mean, for me i was i've worked at like restaurant jobs and made like 20 40 
twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Like I'm halfway there right now with comedy. Uh, what I mean by real money is enough to not just struggle to pay your bills, but enough to like thrive in your life. And to make that much money in stand up is not easy. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's not easy. And it's like even Raul doesn't make that kind of money at where he's at doesn't make that kind of money. So if you look at it like that, I mean, I just think that this 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 is not about money, dude. This isn't about money. This is not about money ever never has been, never will be. This is about the message, dude. We're 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 the the front line of defense against in my opinion this behemoth of like just corporate control that exists in this world. Right. And we're the commentators that need to be there on those front lines to keep the whole fucking thing honest. I really believe that to be like our function. That's an interesting thing because I think about like like Bill Burr, Patrice. <clears throat> I think about Chappelle's new special, and they all call they're calling out the the establishment for sure, and they're calling out the status quo, as you would say. Yeah, it's so that is because generally speaking, that doesn't work out well. Conformity in certain ways is good. But it depends on what we're talking about. But in the sense of like a population that's, you know, there's just a set of norms and values and just superstitions, really, that we all have floating around in our society. I, I just, I feel like we have to uh, break through to something better and bigger and we're capable of doing it as human beings. And I think this is something that because maybe of what the greatest the the ones the comedians that that touched me in in the way that really profoundly changed my life yeah they did that for me so i feel like that's what i want to do for someone else it, it, some stranger that i'll never even probably meet if 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 it ever even happened you know so i don't know if it's yeah. if it, it sounds like a, like a real grandiose kind of thing but I, I i just feel like it's i laugh for entertainment sure sometimes i just want just shit in my face to entertainment so i don't have to think about the fact that i'm gonna die right but eventually like i want something like i need to laugh to survive so and i said this on the last podcast so i don't want to like make this a recurring theme on my podcast but i feel like there's like just so much more of it that goes into like the the connection we need as human beings with each other to be able to like make it through this as you know humans and deal with the human condition that's 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 what it is the role in my opinion of the role of the comedian i guess in a in a I, I don't know if that would I would say that was the role. It's but I feel like that's a necessity of life, and I feel like we're sure. here to help facilitate us, you know, shepherd us through these craziness, through the crazy times. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm uh, mature enough in the game to have like a theme or to to really articulate that on stage yet. Well, I, I would um, encourage you to uh, if I, if I could tell you something, I wish somebody had told me to do this maybe a long time ago. Um, like. Write a mission statement for your your comedy. Like what? Is, like you know what a mission statement? Like a, yeah. a company. It's like you, yeah, yeah. You, these are our val. This is what we're striving for. Whatever. This is what we want to do. Right, how, right. What, how we want to achieve it in a succinct way, like an elevator pitch. And it's like get a framework of that because I think what you're fighting for is knowing your value, knowing who you are and what you believe, and like knowing it so deeply, you know that um, nobody can just sway you off of that steadfast belief in yourself right. because it's like I've said things dude I've said a lot of controversial things that I dude I I'll, I'll say this right now to you and because if, if the listeners don't know you're black I've said the n-word on stage and I didn't say it with malice I wouldn't say it anymore I, I I did it and it was almost like a shock value thing at the time but it was also because I genuinely thought you know I'm not gonna put something out of, unless I think it's funny yeah you know what I mean but it it was like something that, dude. I I know now where the pain and 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 things. I I've I became very in tune with it in New York because I lived in Flatbush, Brooklyn. You know, I was literally like when I first got to my neighborhood where I lived, I was like the probably like literally only white guy in the whole neighborhood. Yeah. There was a few. By the time I left the neighborhood, bit start had started to get a lot more gentrified from by the time I got there and that was just in a few years but you know so and I and, and I changed a lot of how I thought and and now I can go up like and do shows which I did a lot of in like the Bronx in front of like all black rooms literally again only white guy in yeah. the in the whole fucking venue 
and go up and like own it because I'm like I'm not a fucking fray y'all I'm not I know I'm not racist I'm it, like I've said things in the past where somebody could say I was and it be have a valid argument to say that right. and me be like no I'm not but I'm not because I know my heart but I, it's like that was not an exam that's a one of the layers that that was not the layer there was a deeper one there so yeah um I didn't get into that because I I just didn't you know it was a learning process so. Um, do I regret doing it? Absolutely not. I, you know, I don't regret doing it. Would I do it again? No. Right. So it's like, to me, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little high, so I'm kind of no, pontificating. Good. I'm just thinking about having a message and, you know, like right now I'm in a, in a rut right now, of like new ideas coming and I'm trying to figure out, and I think it's going to lend to more, to deeper comedy or more, uh, just, I'm not gonna say relatable, but just more of like an authentic point of view of myself and my situation. Because I, to come out of this rut, I feel like I'm gonna have to say something very true, and I'm gonna have to say something very uh, unique. And then when I can figure out how to make it funny, it'll be it'll be very good. It'll be a good bit, right? Or it'll be some good energy coming off of it, but. Well, what's your starting point for an idea? I mean, are you, well, that's are you, what is I'm, it like, that's funny, I think. Well, right now. Now I need to try to make a, write a bit about it, or I think I want to talk about something and try to make it funny. Well, right now it's, it used to be, when I first started, it was, that's funny. Mm -hmm. How do I write this in a way that I yeah. can articulate it the most efficiently on stage? Mm -hmm. Right now in my brain, it's, this is what I'm going through. How do I make this funny? Yeah. So that that's part of. You're, if you're still writing, that's good because your your brain is oh, probably yeah. not firing the way that you're wanting to have that those ideas come out, and you're trying to work through them and polish them out, and you know figure it out. But yeah, yeah, whenever it comes back where you have the creative storm that comes in, and you just have those funny thoughts that you're gonna get sometimes, and you know get once you can get those, really you just gotta kind of collect as much of those as you can while you can and then know that inevitably you're going to go through another dry spell probably yeah. at some point. Um, what, what I'm doing now is trying to uh, just master the technique of writing because I know this is a learned skill. Like you don't have to be necessarily be the funniest person off stage, but you can learn how to put words into a, into like a formula and you know what I mean? And you could, you could say some funny stuff. And I think if I learn that <clears throat> when I am in these non-creative spells, I can at least put words together that still serve a purpose of like my thoughts and my, and you know, still be productive on stage while I'm not in a, such a creative spot. Yeah. And then yeah. I can I can reform that when I get back into a creative spot, of like moving this line here to where it's. I just I just <coughs> now right now I feel like if I had the technique down, I wouldn't even have a problem of putting new stuff on stage. It's just. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I mean, I think that uh, it's very there's strange. certainly a lot to mechanics. Mechanics. To be said. You yeah. know, you need to be good with your mechanics. But your subject matter, it's like there's no there's no limitations of what you can talk about or how you can talk about it. Everybody, yeah. every comedian's different, and we're all kind of musicians of our, of our you know, we're, we're, we're writing our music, so to speak. So, sure. you know, if you have a piece that you're doing on something like this is a piece that you've written as like a song and there's rhythms and timing to that. And there's a lot of like little nuance that you do with it. And that's the crafting and the kind of the mastery of, of the art. Um, but you know how you go about doing that. Anybody can go about doing it in whatever way they want. You know, some people like metal music, some people yeah. like classical, some people like both. Some people like, sure. you know, um, uh, pop country some you know the, everybody's got different flavors that they like you know you don't know what your flavor is until you kind of hone into your opinion but you know you got to know what your flavor is that's, that's a good that would be another good name for this but you for this episode you got to know what your flavor is <laughs> yeah that's another thing the birthday I'm still episode yeah Sorry. i'm still learning that i'm trying to just mature in the game and figure out all that well it seems like you're being honest with yourself and you're trying to like be looking at it from a perspective that you really want to get better like you're not oh yeah you're not like I want to make sure getting fat on what you do have already, you know, because some people no. get a li very little and it just shows the kind of person they are that they get a little, very little and they're thinking they're the shit. It's like, yo, no, no I never all. I never want to stop producing. Yeah. You know? And so I want to get to a point where it's like, this is how I have to, uh, in any mind state, whether it's creative or not creative, it's like, this is how I have to now operate to continue to produce. Yeah. So I don't go through such a dry spell where yeah. it's like I can't get on. I don't even want to get on stage because I got nothing new. 
Yeah. You know, because then I'll just revert to crowd work. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really write down crowd work. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Absolutely, man. Um, you don't want to do that. I, I saw, I've seen you tonight. I saw you your set and you did material, clearly. And yeah, uh, I've seen material. you do the crowd work, yeah. too. And uh, yeah, man, try to stick to your material. You only get so much time on stage, dude. You should be working on it all the time if possible. Crowd work sometimes will be inevitable or just a situation will transpire that lends itself to doing it. Yeah. I would. I sh- think you should treat crowd work more that way. Like, let it happen organically if it does, but try to stick to your material because if if you go off, you know, if, if you run out of shit, whatever, you know, you, you, that's, that's telling you something you came up not ready to do your set, you know, so you have to make sure you're up there uh, trying to stay on that and yeah. then letting the crowd work just kind of work its way and as it will inevitably yeah. on any show and sometimes be the funniest shit on the fucking show. Yeah. Some other times could turn and backfire. You know, no, plenty of times I've had that <laughs> happen to me. So. No, I totally agree. I, I want to be more joke oriented and not yeah. lend myself to crowd work so much yeah. because. And, and, a, and, I, and I, I, I will compliment you as far as saying I, I, I it was good to see you do that tonight. Like I saw you stick on point to the material because I'm not going to lie. In the first couple of interactions I've seen with you, my thought was more towards others. Oh, he does crowd work a lot. Now I saw you what you can do with the jokes. And I'm like, that's what you need to be doing consistent. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I can tell jokes. It's just uh, yeah. Sometimes it sucks and you don't want to do them, and that's the thing. you know. But still, try to work on something all the time, you know. Yeah. So in this not creative space, I'm just trying to tag old you jokes. You could, yeah. And, you know, what I'm saying go back and try to feel the essence <laughs> of the joke when I started it, and just try yeah. to stay in that vein. Yeah. And tag that joke or well, and then also also other times, um, if you've experienced this maybe already. Uh, you're at the stage you're at but like just sometimes you just put a bit down and you just don't do it for a long a little while like literally tonight i did a bit in fact i it was the closer i did tonight and i just tried to squeeze it in at the end and i it was it was too rushed and i i i should have just gotten off earlier i think on something else and it was one of those i got like an okay laugh but i wanted to you know you're always trying to get that good one to end it right but so i went into that one but it was like a joke i wrote like eight years ago and i haven't done it in like probably five years i haven't told that joke in like five years and it was like when i was younger you know i used to like be like uh wanted to race everybody like pulling up like yeah let's go buddy and this guy pulled up to me today though and he started revving his engine and i was like that's gonna waste way too much gas you know and it's like it's just a silly i mean i got a laugh but it was like i could have done it slower and not i was starting to rush it because i was like man i need to get off I felt bad. I felt like I was going over. And so I was like, I just need to get off. But yeah, there's stuff that I could do where it's gone back in there and then it's come back later. I just thought of that one again. I hadn't thought of that joke in years. And really? then it just hit me again. And I'm like, oh, and it used to do fucking really well really? for me. One was one of my good jokes. Yeah. So um, it's the, the creative process is just crazy, man. I don't it's, know, dude. It's very interesting because there's no way to like qualify it in any way there's no way to like say this is how it works it's just yeah and it feels weird obtuse it feels weird to me now for it to to feel like it's gone but i know it's coming back it's just it just for this moment it feels like how did you even start doing comedy you don't got any ideas right now yeah well you know and and i watch newer comics they got the enthusiasm they got the yeah but it's in well that's dude you know I'm not giving up, just to say on the birthday episode, I'm not giving up on comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there is no definitely even considering that shit if you're going to be getting the, no, the shit you want to get in this game. And it's it's not, it's not to me, it's not worth doing. It's, it's not worth doing like... There's some people that are just straight hobbyists. Like, they only do it every now and then. And it's like, they know what they are. They're not trying to get anything out of it. They They know, they're acknowledged. They will acknowledge that... They're not going to be ever doing comedy as a serious thing. And then there are the people that pursue like life or death shit, right? And the people that do it all that. And But then there's also a third group. And those are the people that are like still around and consistently around, but they're not in it, like really in it. They're not, but they like to think they are. And I was that guy for a while. And I'm like, I can't just be out here wasting my fucking time. I've got to make sure I fucking take advantage and seize every single opportunity I get. Yeah. And make sure that I bring it and bring me and have fun, man. Like all, all I want to do is have fun. That's what I, I lost the love for. And I found only recently starting to discover it again. And it's like, I've been feeling great about doing what I'm doing. And it's like, that's what you want. Ultimately you want to be 
in love with what you're talking about. You want to, yeah. and if you can find it's some of the time it's finding that that's, that's a part of the, you know, just the process that you're going through is you're just trying to find those things that you just know you feel that, that enthusiasm. And even those things, as you cycle through your creative, you're going to, they'll come and go, you know, and they'll, yeah. you know, you'll lose them and maybe they'll come back later, but maybe they won't. It's, it's a weird, weird, unexplainable fucking thing, man. I don't know. I, I really don't know how it works, but we'll stick with it. <laughs> Keep going with it. Uh, we could start rap. We got about five minutes to an hour. So that'll, that'll be a nice little hour. I, th- I feel like this has been a good conversation, man. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I, um, on my birthday, on your birth, dude, it's my birthday. You got any plans for, for the day? No, my girl's out of town. I got to host the other buzz tonight. That's about it. Just chilling, man. You're hosting over the the, the new Shady location. Lane. Yeah, Shady Lane. Shady Lane. Hey, come by. All right, man. The yeah, list, maybe. The list is not full. Oh, you know what? I'm actually, I'm hosting a mic tomorrow, too. Oh, we got. Uh, I believe I am. I need to double check with the bar. Um, Penny Lane. Oh, yeah. 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 How's it been? So going? I made some adjustments to the to the way they were doing it. Yeah. And I think they worked out a lot better. So I, I actually, I moved, I stopped, I, I hosted it last week. And instead of doing it on the main stage, you know, you've been to Penny Lane. I have not. Oh, okay. Well, it's like a long kind of narrow bar that's okay. like got a bar up here. You like walk in and there's a bar. It's people that would be listening are not going to understand any of this. It basically, the stage is at the back of the room. And then, but then there at the front, there's like this above where the bar is there's like this raised steps up to this like little platform where there's like some couches and stuff and um just like a little seating area that would probably seat like eight or ten people in the in that little area but it's like raised up higher than where the bar is next to it so i moved that and i made that the stage and then i like performed to the bar the other like facing the other direction towards the bar where they're way closer to the comedian okay and people could sit in those little plush areas too if they wanted yeah um and it's like kind of almost like a living room comedy show in a way because there's just people like right around you it's not but it's raised as a platform so the stage looks out it it creates a natural stage there but it works so much better because the closest tables to the main stage are like set back kind of far and so you feel like you're talking across the room to these people whereas you need that the intimacy is huge for the creating that vibe so having done that and moving it it worked out a lot better yeah this is what I learned uh, doing the show with Martin at Irene's. A lot of places just need somebody to just make it feel like a performance area, a spot. Mm-hmm. You know, just put a little, like, put all we did, we built a stage, put a spotlight. Yeah. You know. I mean, a couple little tweaks, room. man. You know, you, yeah. can, you can make anything into a fucking stage, dude. You really, I, yeah. I've performed countless amount of shows. I couldn't even remember that we didn't even have a stage. It was just a floor. Yeah. But I'm it's just, like, it's, it's it, you just need to create a natural vibe of this is the, the, where all the focus of the room is going to be going it. to make towards. A, make a place a focal point. Which is point. why theaters are the best place to perform comedy because that's exactly what they are. That's all I'm saying. It's, I've been to so many places where it's just like a little Arenas would be probably fun so as hell, but I think theaters better. It's a better setup for, you know. I thought about this. I, I think I would love to be able to do an arena as a comic, but I would only do theaters. Dude, I remember when I met Burr one time, and I'll close it out here because we're coming up here, and I'm, um, I'm trying to keep this, like, I think... Uh, an hour is like a good time to keep people engaged, you know. Yeah. We, we we'll spill over, um, <laughs> but now I uh, I met Bird. I remember hanging out with him like once way back in like 2013. I had met him and went to a show. Ended up getting a chance because I knew his feature to hang out for a little bit. Yeah, and so um, we hung out, and then I uh, remember him saying like I I would be good to be at just this level. I remember him saying this, and this was like 2013. But he was like, I would be good if this was, if it just kept it like what it is here, theaters, you know, essentially. Yeah. And now, and then he blew up, you know, within a few years after that, he was doing fucking MSG, you know, so yeah. it's like, but there's uh, definitely something I feel like, I feel like that to me would be success. I, I can't quantify it to you in terms of how much I'm making, but in terms of what I would be doing, it would be headlining theaters around the country yeah. and around the world. And, and if I was doing that, that's success to there's me. There's some beautiful theaters too. Like I know. Just the aesthetics of looking at that while you're performing. Whatever like. money comes commiserate with that. I don't know the time value of yeah. money for how long my shitty comedy is going to take me to get there. But just to be able to look at it. That would be that. success to me. Yeah. That, yeah. I agree. Yeah. But um, well, dude, uh, happy birthday, man. Thank you, sir. 
Yeah, dude, uh, that's so fucking great, man, that this worked out this way. I, it's kind of weird, honestly, man. I'm not going to lie. It's a little ter- little what not. I was thinking that's not the right word. Serendipitous, is, is that the right word? I don't know if that's the right I don't word. Know either. But uh, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, hey, book me on your on your show, dude. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, Martin? Yeah. Urbano? No, no, Hen. Oh, no, no, no. Martin Hen. Maybe. Okay, I'll run, run your name by. We'll talk about it. We'll, um, I'll have my people call your people, okay? My people will talk to your people. All right, well, let's, let's, we'll, we'll do some lunch. We'll have, we'll have our people do lunch with you're, each other. You're paying for it. <laughs>